Potential with Dr. Simone for today, Tuesday, September 14th. I hope that it is a beautiful day in your area and that your week is off to a wonderful start. So I hope you've enjoyed the weekend. I hope that the weather in your area is beautiful. And you know, speaking about the weather, uh, yesterday, September 13th, was the anniversary of Hurricane Maria in Dominica, one of the most devastating hurricanes to ever impact Dominica. So we are grateful that there have been no major hurricane systems in the Caribbean at this point in time, that Dominica is safe and we hope that it remains the same for the rest of the hurricane season. So how are you? How is your week um, looking? How is your week shaping up um, uh, right now? I hope that you are enjoying a happy Tuesday and that you are ready for a productive week. So again, it is great to be here with you for another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. We have another packed hour for you, another packed hour of motivation, inspiration, as we get powered up for another week uh, together. So uh, as promised last week, we have Miss Vadina Frampton as our guest this evening, a very phenomenal woman, a woman of inspiration, a woman in leadership. So I'm very happy to bring you for Diana's interview today. And keep in mind, for the purposes of this program, we will be playing about the first maybe 35 minutes of her interview, but I will be sure to place the entire interview on our YouTube channel, Push Past 10, as well as my uh, website, pushpast10.com. So stay tuned until the end of the program, of course, to remember who is up next and all the ways that we are continuing to grow our global community, our international village. And you know, October is right around the corner. I'm looking forward to October because for me, October is my favorite month. And that's the case for several reasons. For one, the weather is a lot cooler, so I'm able to enjoy a whole lot of outdoor activities. But October is also the lead up to November 3rd when we celebrate independence 
in Dominica. So my intention is to bring on a whole host of cultural events, cultural activities, cultural uh, speakers to the program in October. So I'm looking forward to celebrating Dominica in October. And October is also the anniversary of when I really got into the Facebook Lives promoting and sharing all that is wonderful about Dominica. So it's an anniversary for me. <laughs> so I hope that you will stop by to enjoy October with me. And as a matter of fact, I've already had the opportunity to interview Mr. Earlson Matthew, who is the new acting uh, chief cultural officer of Dominica, a young man with such promise. Uh, I think he will do wonderfully for the cultural division in Dominica. So I had the opportunity to interview him via Facebook Live last Thursday, and I will be sure to bring you that interview right here on Untapped Potential during the month of October. So let's get the show on the road. Let's get the program started as we enjoy this particular song. It's a song I just came up upon on Facebook, and it, I thought it was such a great song. I thought I would uh, showcase it here as well. So this is going to be Tony Valdemore with Liquid Ice of Dominica, and the song is entitled Yovle Comsa. So they want it like that if you're not a Creole speaker. And I figured out oh, why not? We're in September, October. It is always a great time to enjoy our Kadas music. So again, enjoy this number from Mr. Tony Valdemore and Liquid Ice out of Dominica. Yovle Comsa as we get the program on the road. Yo 
formative years because um, I don't think I settled in any one place uh, for a very long time until I finally went to um, Point Michelle the second time to live with my father and my stepmom. So I went from Lubier, Fischler, Point Michelle, back to Fischler. You know, it, it, it was a little, um, it was a little, quite a bit for me, but um, all the same. Um, from Pichler, I would probably single out my grandmother. I stayed with my grandmother in, in Pichler. And I think my grandmother was a little strict old lady. And I was probably about nine, ten at the time I stayed with her. I, th I think I stayed with her for about two years. And um, don't, don't talk to boys. You know, I couldn't talk to boys. You know, my grandmother wouldn't have that. But one of the things that my grandmother taught me very early on was responsibility in terms of um, understanding what it is to take on your chores. My, step, my, my, my grandmother would bring me to the river um, to wash the clothes. You know, that's where, you know, you could go to the laundry. So, you know, I'd be in the river, you know, washing my clothes with my granny. Um, she would give us a little Mac cafe in the morning. So they would take the stronger version for themselves. Um, but she would give us all a little bit of our Mac cafe. So for me, the Pichler beat was, was a learning beat for me. And, um, just spending some time in, in, in the countryside, although Pichler is not so much country, um, it's so much different from, you know, being in Point Michel or Lubia, for example, but I enjoyed that part of my, of my, um, my time in Pichler with my granny. Um, Lubia, the time I spent in Lubia was primarily with my mother at one point in time. Now my mother was quite the fashionista. My mother you would always you would always see my mother in her in her suits, her pantsuits, and she would always be at the hairdresser. And my mother loved red lipstick. Mm. And she did. And I love red lipstick. So, you know, whatever little fashion sense I have, you know, it, it really started with my mother. She would iron my hair every weekend and always ensure that I look clean and pretty. So for me, from my mother's end, that would have been um, 
just 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 learning what it is to be feminine mm -hmm. and to you know always look pretty always have your hair done always looking good and always smelling good mm -hmm. then um the, the last place i would have moved to would have been point michelle with my father and my stepmother after um having passed my common entrance from pishley so that's where i passed common entrance from and um my point michelle upbringing is somewhat one of mixed feelings mm -hmm. but i'll say this to you though that um it is in that setting that i really learned to do a lot of the things that i know to do and i'm speaking about being able to cook being able to clean you know probably we thought at the time you know my stepmother was probably being mean by having us do the cleaning every weekend the ironing you know the um the cooking so myself and my stepsister gail would interchange the cooking on a weekend one would do sunday one would do saturday and so on um so i really think um and, and talk about being strict my grandmother couldn't come close to my father and my stepmom wow. in terms of, yeah, yeah, being very protective of especially the girls, you know. Um, we would think that probably the boys got away with murder while, you know, we were always the ones um, where uh, we would be told uh, you cannot go there or you cannot do this. And, you know, we really, really had a strict upbringing um, with 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 my my parents in Point Michel, my father and my stepmom. But I'll tell you overall, Simone, I think every experience, the one with my mom, the one with my grandmother, you know, I even said if my an aunt of mine at one point in time, I think they all together taught me so much um, that I think I became much stronger for it all in terms of living with dealing with life and life's daily challenges so overall i think you know my upbringing challenging at times but i think overall uh, a good experience and, and 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 learning opportunity for me yes absolutely thank you for sharing that with us and i think a lot of us can identify with you in terms of having that very strict upbringing especially the girls i have to say because i grew up in a household with you know boys and girls as well and it always seemed like the boys had so much more freedom to roam but i guess the concern was always you know we as girls we would go out and get pregnant like the boys couldn't get somebody's girl pregnant right i never quite understood it but i think that was one of the concerns that they wanted to keep us at home to make sure and then you know being at home what did we end up doing we ended up studying yes so i think yes. that led to a lot I'm doing of better than the boys being successful as girls so thank you for sharing that now i speak i know you speak very highly of your dad so i want to talk a little bit about him and especially how he encouraged you to pursue your first job of being on voice of life so can you just tell us about that and tell us about how you found your footing when you were thrusted into the environment of having to host the radio show on sunday all by yourself I think my father, um, for some reason, wanted at least one of one or two of his children to follow in his footsteps. Mm -hmm. My father at the time had had left a, a job where he was doing pretty well. We had no concerns for money, for food, for nothing, and went back into broadcasting, where you know. Um, 
it became a bit of a struggle, I guess, at, at some point in time. But he loved it so much. And he really wanted at least one or two of his children to grow up and, and you know, get into the field of broadcasting. So at the age of 16, I was at the time at C4 Call. And my father, 16 going on 17, my father at the time was the program director at the recently opened Voice of the Islands Radio. And my father... One gentleman was leaving. I don't recall if it was Father Sharpless or somebody else was leaving at the time. And they needed somebody to do some weekend shifts, long shifts, eh? five, six hours. Wow. And my father did ask me um, if, you know, I would be interested in doing it. And of course, my response was not really. I really was not interested in it at the time. And I will give some credit to my stepmom. You know, she really encouraged me and told me that, you know, uh, probably you should think about it, you know, give it a shot and, and see what can come out of it. And eventually I did. I, I agreed. I consented. And then I started doing those weekend shifts on a Saturday and the Sunday. Quite frankly, I thought that my weekend time was being taken away from me. But, you know, mm -hmm. I really didn't want to dis disappoint my father. And so I decided that I should do um, the programs. And my father would take his time and go through the records and select some of the favorites that he, he thought people would enjoy on a Sunday afternoon. Keep in mind, this is something that he did for many years as well, Sunday afternoon in particular. And my father would take his time and he would carry up all the records upstairs for me to the studio. And all I would have to do is turn to the back. And at that time, it was the turntables. Mm -hmm. Turn at the back of the record and look at the ones that are ticked and play them. And, you know, you would think, here is a 16-year-old playing that type of music. How could she? But it was really all due to my father who would really dedicate his time to ensuring that I had the right music, you know, that would attract the audience, the persons who would listen to the oldie goldies it was on a Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I did that for, for quite a while and I, I, I got to enjoy it. And that's why today I know all about the Tom Joneses <laughs> and the Inglewood Humperdinks and the Marvin Gaze, you know, and all of that good stuff, the Carpenters and all the rest. Yeah, <laughs> now would, it. yeah now would you say that it taught you to be independent at, a, as, at an early age as well, to stand on your own two feet? Absolutely, Simone, because guess what? They paid me. Mm -hmm. I got a little something, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of the month that I would put on a savings account and mm -hmm. used to get, you know, the little things that I needed. So that was really an early int introduction into being somewhat independent, responsible as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then I know, unfortunately, Voice of Life went under, unfortunately. Voice yeah, Voice, yes, Voice of the Islands went under. And then you moved over to the Chronicle where you had a not so favorable experience. Can you tell us about that? I can definitely share that with you and your audience, Simone. So when Voice of the Islands was closing, um, I actually got a call from the Chronicle. So they called and offered me a job, asked me yes. to come in um, to see them. And mm -hmm. I did. Now, the person that I had to see was the editor at the time, who was a Guyanese gentleman, Mr. Osmond. And I remember going in to speak with Mr. Osmond. And Mr. Osmond says to me, you know, I do not like hiring females. I, I, he I said that to you. He did. And I was I was a bit taken aback. Like, what do you mean that you, you, you're not keen on, on, on you know, 
know, hiring females. To be honest with you, I can't remember the reasoning that he gave me at the time, Simone. But by the time he was done with me, because, you know, I am known to have what you call an infectious personality. Yes, where He really was happy to hire that female. And mm -hmm. I had a very good relationship with Mr. Osman. Mr. Osman was a very good editor. And what he did as well, Simone, he gave me leeway to do as I wanted. So I would go to, to, to report, um, to cover a story. I would come back, do whatever. And he would have me leave and go home probably about two o'clock. Um, I'm telling you, nice. Mr. Osman and I developed such a wonderful relationship that, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I wondered, is that the same gentleman who said he was not interested in hiring females? Yeah. And yeah. there it is, you know? So, um, I, at the time, you know, I was wondering, you know, why would he even say that to me? I was pretty mm -hmm. young, you know, still mm -hmm. in my teens at the mm -hmm. time. So I was pretty young and I, I, I could not understand why somebody would say that uh, mm -hmm. to a young woman, you know, just entering, merely entering into the world of work. And this is the first impression that she's having in terms of not wanting to hire females. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because it seems like you experience what some women experience very, very early in your career, that pushback that, at least he said it to you, but many times it's kind of like clandestine where people don't really appreciate working with women, but they, they keep their opinion to themselves, but you can see it in their action. So at any point, did you feel like you had to prove him wrong and show him that as a woman, you're just as competent as the male colleagues at the... And News Chronicle? So as I mentioned before, we developed such a great relationship mm -hmm. that I, I, I didn't think that I had to really prove anything um, to Mr. Osman. And mm -hmm. I don't think that I even had the time to because I think right. within six months I was gone. Oh, you were gone and you moved over to DBS. Correct. I yes. Moved over to DBS Tell us about that. Again, you know, another opportunity came up at DBS Radio. I think they were looking for an announcer reporter at the time. And, and um, I won't hesitate to say that my father was the general manager at the time at Voice of the Islands Radio. But I think, you know, um, I, I was very deserving of the job. I don't know if my father had any influence in me getting the job. A person might say, well, if your father was the general manager, then chances are he said, you know, my father, my daughter is the one to hire. But he had no part to do with the interviews. It was um, Charmaine Green-Brown, um, Miss Caesar, and I don't remember who the other, maybe Felix Henderson. I don't really remember who the other person was. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I represented myself well because, Simone, what you will learn about me as we go through the interview is that I like to prepare so mm -hmm. I would go prepared for the interview and I thought that I did well at the interview and I got selected for the job and I think over the years that I and, and during my time the nine years that I spent at DBS radio I think I more than proved that I was um, you know the, the right choice for the job at the time because you know I really left my mark I believe at at that radio station yeah, and I want you to share with us some of your most memorable experiences in those nine years at DBS. But before we do, we have another media colleague on the live with us, Nicole Georges, and she says, I've oh. always admired how she's able to think on her feet and add labor. She's got the gift of La Powell. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yes, yeah, certainly. 
in 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 media and broadcasting you have to be able to do that yes. um you have to be able to just um figure it out right there on the spot mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i think for me again as i've said before because it came naturally mm -hmm. broadcasting is something that came very naturally to me because of my father again i think yes. you know um i've never really done any formal training in broadcasting i've done some trainings here three months training in um 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 in the netherlands you know i went to ecuador i went to a few places where i did um some training i didn't even do the one year that they would sometimes do at ue you know for for media but because it came to me naturally, I think I just fell into place um, with with media. And um, when the need ar arose, you know, I would do what I need to do to to get out of trouble or to you know do whatever needed navigate to navigate the, the waters. Yeah, navigate absolutely. the waters. That's yes, it. That's yes. it. So, yes. so some of your favorite memories from DBS. Boy, DBS has so many memories, you know. I think one of the very first ones that I can share is that the very first day that I got um, to DBS, Angelo Allen was the news editor. I was sent to present news, 115 News, that very same day. Wow. Um, yes, baptismal by fire, you call it. By that. fire. But thank God, I had already had some news presenting experience at Voice of the Islands Radio um, mm -hmm. through Matt Pelty. Matt Pelty was, you know, doing news at the time at Voice of the Islands Radio. So I already had experience with... Um, with news presenting. But on that day in question, I am um, given the news package. I don't even know how you start to present or anything. <laughs> so say your name. DBS has these two heavy doors and one is opened and I'm stuck in the other one and I'm like frozen and I cannot make my way to the studio to go and present the people's news. Wow. Then Angelo comes, Fadines, Fadines. By the way, Angelo Allen, for those of you who don't know, is the one who actually gave me the nickname Fadines. Mm -hmm. Fadines, Fadines, you know, what you doing? Come on, go in. And he, he literally pushed me in to That's go nice. into the studio. And mm -hmm. that was um, the first day that I presented I presented um, news at DBS Radio. And of course, after that, it all came very natural. I guess I was a little nervous, you know. Um, it was a nation station. I mean, come mm -hmm. on, you're going to present the 115 Absolutely. total news. Absolutely, that's you, a big deal. When you hear that introduction by, by Steinberg Henry, yes. I mean, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. so I really was, I really was, in fact, um, quite a bit um, nervous about going in to do the news presentation mm -hmm. um a couple other um, things i at one time assisted with um the writing and even present presenting of the 100 great dominican series that dbs introduced mm -hmm. and one of the things that have um that made an impact on me was a program i did on dr bernard sorendo when i say i did i wrote the program um, it was presented by Shemaine Greenbrown. And I don't remember who the production person was at the time, but it could have been me because I also did the production as well. Or Jermaine Roig might have done the production. Mm -hmm. And that program won uh, an award 
in the region. I wow. don't really remember the details of the award, <laughs> but we won an award and the award is still at DBS and mm -hmm. we also got some money, you know, so that for me was, you know, if I could write something that the region within, mm -hmm. I think it might have been CBU or somewhere that they could recognize the work and it could win among other um, other programs. I thought, oh my God, you're not too bad at all, you know. And some of the other things, uh, they, they were not. Some of them were not um, possibly happy times in terms of the, mm -hmm. the passing of Rosie Douglas, yeah. the passing of Pierre Charles. These were really yeah. huge um, mm -hmm. moments, uh, you know, at least for me, in mm -hmm. having to broadcast and be part of of all of it, you know. Um, that those for me, I, I definitely will not forget. And so many other amazing experiences I had at DBS Radio. I mean, um, I cannot say anything terrible about DBS Radio. I think DBS Radio laid the foundation for me to be where I am today. <coughs> Sorry. And I will never forget DBS Radio. Of course, there were times that there would have been some not so good times, um, whether for politics or whatever the case might have been, um, because people thought, you know, my father is on this side, so I'm on that side right. or this side. And, you know, probably a little intimidation here and there. But um, overall, I enjoyed my nine years at DBS Radio and I would not trade it for anything. Yeah, absolutely. I can tell. And of course, you also mentioned the importance of being prepared. So I want us to look at that further. But you know, the accolades are coming in and we have Glenda that says, for Dines always knows how to make her nervous guests comfortable during her interviews. And I'm happy to see as well, Alex Bruno is on the live. Oh, and he oh. says, what is that? Fefeo, my sister. That must be a name. Fefeo. Oh, that's a name to you guys. <laughs> My yes. sister and colleague for life, keep climbing for Dinah Frampton, daughter of Ferdinand Frampton. Simone, if so. you will allow me, you know, I really want to just take a second there yes. and really give some tribute and some credit and recognition to Alex Bruno. I think Alex Bruno is one of the major talents that we have. He does not reside in Dominica right now. He, he resides outside of Dominica. But I think Alex is very creative. Alex is bright. Alex is intelligent. And Alex, you know, serves, I think, as a mentor to me. Because mm -hmm. I will tell you, there are times that with my In the Spotlight radio show, depending on the guest that I'm having, I reach out to Alex. And I would say to Alex, you know, I'm having this person. Is there anything that you think you could share with me that I may need to know about the person and so on? And I want him to know this evening that I do appreciate him. And I appreciate that he's always there willing to support me and to um, give me feedback or, you know, just to embrace me whenever I reach out to him. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of us can attest to what you're saying about Alex, because I, too, have been the recipient of his generosity because he's the one behind my Sasenu program. Oh. So he's the one who holds up the program every week. I'm like, Alex, are we on? He's like, Simone, I made a commitment to you. You don't need to ask me every oh. other week if we're on. Just oh. assume that I'm going to be there. So I, too have been the benef beneficiary of his generosity. So Alex, we want to uh, both commend you for being so supportive. So now let's talk about the importance of being prepared because like every good thing, 
um, in life, the radio career came to an end mm -hmm. and you were moving on to cable and wireless. So just kind of tell us how you prepared for the interview. And let's just speak about the importance of being prepared in general. So important. Um, so while at DBS um, in May of 2005, I think it was or April, um, I got a call from two persons at Cable Wireless saying to me that um, there is going to be an opening. One of the persons who actually called me was the one who was moving from that particular um, position and it was a corporate communications executive. Mm -hmm. And um, the job was not offered to me by HR or management. It was just a couple of people who were aware. Um, so you're talking about James Dominic, Deanna Noel, these persons who were aware of what was coming on because Deanna Noel actually was the person who was moving on to another role. And so um, they called me and told me about um, the position and that I should apply. Now, I'll tell you secretly, you know, I always had a desire to work at Cable & Wireless. I always thought that they wore the nicest uniforms, the company seems so, you know, all together. And, you know, it was the, 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 the envy of places to work. But I always said to myself, you know, I'm into broadcasting, I'm into media. I don't think that I'll ever get an opportunity to work at Cable & Wireless. So lo and behold, then I'm being told about the, the corporate communications executive position. And I said, absolutely. And so I applied and um, I think it was me and three other persons who were contesting for that particular role. But I'll tell you, um, Simone, when I, when I knew I had to go into that interview, I started to prepare. Preparation is the key. It is very, very mm -hmm. important. What I did, Simone, I started to gather my reference letters, you know, letters that I got at DBS, you know, for, for, for um, doing good work and all of that. I had also at one point in time done um, uh, an ad for cable and wireless when they were doing their BMW promotion. So I was one of those people who appeared, I think, in either a half page or a full page ad in a newspaper talking about gotta get those keys. <laughs> So, and, and, and I had my cutout of that. I had, I had a full file of mm -hmm. everything that I needed for that interview. And I went, I walked with my file, right? Mm -hmm. I made sure that I had to look the part. So it's yes. important to look the part. Yes. I, I, I had a suit made. Mm -hmm. You had a suit made. I had a suit made for my interview, my dear. I had a suit made. I got my hair done and I made sure that I I looked the, I think I may have worn red lipstick, which I probably should not have because you don't wear red lipstick. No, so I didn't tell you, no, that's a no, no. <laughs> but I knew you were that. Channeling your mom. But I wanted, for whatever reason, I wanted my red lipstick. Mm -hmm. And I went into, into the interview prepared. I yes. read upon the company. I researched the company. Any question that they would have asked me about cable and wireless at that time, I mean, general, generic questions, I would have been able to answer. If they asked me to produce my documents, you know, references and everything, I had everything ready for that interview. And I think I blew the interview out of the water. The other thing is that the general manager at the time, um, Colin James, sat in on my interview only if i recall mm. and i remember him being told that he said that's the person for the job 
Yes. So the general management, it wasn't his decision to make, you know, quite, quite frankly, HR, I think, made the decisions at the time, of course, with his input. But um, I, I understood that once he was part of my interview, he said, this is the person we're going to give a chance and opportunity um, with that job. There was a little something that happened in the process <laughs> um, of getting, of, 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 of being informed about the job and then getting another call. Yeah. But all I'll say is that, you know, I went in, I think I blew them away. I came prepared. And Simone, just to make the point again, being prepared is important. Mm -hmm. Looking the part, dressing Absolutely. the part, making that very important first impression. Mm -hmm. You really need to consider that when you're going in for job interviews, whatever it is that you're doing, you know, prepare, coming to, to your interview this evening. Yes. I yes. gave you the story about my hair situation, but it was beyond my control, you understand? But yet still, you yes, know, I made every effort to prepare, yes. to yes. present myself well on your program yes. here today. And I have to tell you, um, Fadina, the importance of doing that research, because I think many times that is where you tip yourself on the scale. Because people come in, they will answer the questions. But if you have not researched the company, even researched the person who is going to interview you, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is available. Everyone, all professionals I know, they're on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So simply researching the person to give yourself that edge is very important. And yep. you know, with all the, the career um, choices that you've made, I also want to talk about the importance of transferable skills. Mm -hmm. But before I do, I just want to say good evening to everyone who's again, who's on the Facebook Live with us. And just to remind you that we're speaking to Ms. Fadina Frampton out of Dominica. She's the marketing and corporate communication lead at Cable and Wireless Flow Dominica. And she's also the host of the In the Spotlight radio show on Q95. And today we're having a wonderful conversation on the importance of women in leadership and just leadership in general. And how do you prepare to ascend in the corporate environment or any field that you're pursuing? So Fadana, can you tell us about some transferable skills that you may have applied from your very first job when you were 16 to the, the Chronicle to DBS that you brought with you to uh, Cable and Wireless Flow? Uh, very important. Um, one of my skills is my ability to speak and to speak properly, um, as 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 you may you you as as you may want to say. Um, so that started off for me at Voice of the Islands Radio, and that transcended through the Chronicle. The Chronicle, though, was more about writing. So for me, the two key things was the ability to be able to speak, speak eloquently and to, um, to be able to, to, to present and represent yourself and whether it be the company, a product or whatever the case might be, and the ability to write. Writing is very, very important. Um, so at, at Voice of the Islands Radio, I began being able to present by presenting the news and even writing the news and being on the radio and just having this interaction with your audience, even if you're not able to see uh, your audience. That is a skill and that, that is important. So then I got to DBS. And as I said, you know, again, DBS really helped me with this, this foundation. 
I did so many things at DBS. I wrote news. I presented news. I wrote sports. I presented sports. I um, hosted talk shows. I, 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 I presented programs. I wrote programs. I did outside broadcasts. I, I, I just name it. And I was an all-rounder at DBS. And these skills are skills that in many instances you, you attain naturally and some you learn and some you hone so that you get better at it. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I got to Cable and Wireless, the role was a corporate communications executive, which literally meant that you, you were responsible for communicating to both internal stakeholders and to external stakeholders. And you required the ability to be able to communicate with people in an effective mm -hmm. manner, um, both... Um, uh, verbally and in writing, um, you would be required to write press releases, you would be required to chair functions. And I just think those skills that I learned and acquired over the over those years just made uh, fitting into this role at Cable and Wireless so much easier. And it was almost like I wasn't, you know, working a day in my life because mm -hmm. I just thoroughly enjoyed what I did in terms of um, when I started as a corporate communications executive. I really and truly enjoyed it. Yes, and I'm so happy we're having this conversation because there might be someone out there who's thinking of making a career change and they've already convinced themselves that they do not have the skill set mm -hmm for that particular job. So you speak so very nicely about the ability to take certain skills yes. from one particular job and apply them to a new career. So I, I, I'm certainly appreciative that you're sharing this information. Absolutely, you're most welcome. Yes, definitely, definitely. Now, would you say that as a woman in, in, in corporate, well, the Caribbean, I was gonna say corporate America, but in the Caribbean, do you say, think there are unique skill sets that we possess as women that uh, service opportunities for success? Mm -hmm. um, I think by nature, women are maternal beings. Mm -hmm. And what comes with that, Simone? Mm -hmm. What comes with that is caring, mm -hmm. nurturing, um, you know, looking out for others. I think this is one of the things that women naturally bring into the business place those maternal um, instincts that you have and those experiences i think it makes for a very um conducive working environment when you have women in there now i am not a mother myself as yet but i know what it is to feel the effects of a mother and there are women who can bring that into the workplace and make it so much easier for some of us um, to be able to cope in the workplace. I think by nature, women are very helpful. Women are very helpful. And so, you know, we, we bring that into the workplace as well in terms of helping each other. Um, so for Dinah is not able to do, and, and I'm speaking from my point of view, it may not obtain for all women, but I think generally speaking, mm -hmm. you know, so um, Simone may need some help with an Excel spreadsheet. Fadina is mm -hmm. good at it. Simone, Fadina knows that if Simone does not get this spreadsheet done by a certain time, she could get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Simone asks for help. Fadina will help. 
Absolutely, because right. when Fadina needs help, Simone is going to jump in. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and by nature, by nature as well, Simone, I think women are great leaders. Mm -hmm. um, I think we, we, we know what it is um, to lead people and to, 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 to take this leadership umbrella and, and to help others. Women are known to be fair. And I just see all of this, you know, we can mm -hmm. bring into the workplace and make the workplace such a, a much more beautiful place to work. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've had those kinds of experiences with women or if you yourself can probably relate um, to, 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 to some of those. We are emotionally intelligent, mm -hmm. you know? We know what it is like to understand and manage our emotions. And at the same time, to understand and manage the emotions of others and to influence how they deal with their emotions. So mm -hmm. I think generally, you know, Know, and women should be given a little bit more credit for that. I know sometimes you might say, well, with women in a workplace, it's a lot of gossiping and, you know, and there will be that as well. But if you look at the bigger picture of women and the contribution that they make to the workplace, we are intelligent. We are, we inspire others. We motivate others. We are helpful and we are great leaders if given mm -hmm. the opportunity to lead. Yes, very well said. And if I might just add to what to, if I might just make a contribution to what you've already said, I think we are also natural multitaskers. Yes. And I think, I think I'm not sure if that is inherited, if it's genetics, or if it's because like, for example, in my case, I watched my mom cook, clean, um, I had a, a nephew who was learning to walk. He was attached to her dress, walking around the house. So I'm not sure if we learn it from watching our mothers do so. so many different things at home or is this part of our genes, but we are natural multitaskers. You know, so I think that too can serve as a very important strength mm -hmm. that we bring to the workplace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. We are definitely so assets. We are definitely assets. Yes, thank you for sharing. And I know, again, you speak very highly of your dad, but can you tell us about some mentors along the way who have, uh, you know, helped you in your career to date? Um, no, they're not women. <laughs> Most doesn't of my have to be. are men. Yes, and again, doesn't have to be. And that's starting, important. Starting with my father. Yes. So my father, I think, was my biggest mentor. And, you know, he helped me so much along the way. And I think probably it's because he told me from the time I was a baby, he would bring me to sleep in the studios of DBS oh. while he's there. Yes, he would put a blanket wow. on, the, on, the, on the floor of the studios and mm -hmm. he would have me there. And I think my father was always one who looked out for me and mm -hmm. um, wanted me to do well and wanted me to excel. Um, I had the natural talent. I had the natural skill, but my father was always there, you know, pushing me. Um, Steinberg Henry is another person, you know, um, who would always provide support. Even today, even today, a few weeks ago, you know, I had a chat with Steinberg and Steinberg would probably listen to one of my programs on the radio. He would call me and give me some feedback. And uh, and he was my sociology teacher too. Oh, okay. Yes, he was my sociology mm -hmm. teacher at Call as well. So mm -hmm. um, Steinberg is one of those that, you know, that touch base. And again, I mentioned Alex Bruno. Alex Bruno really does give me so much encouragement, so much encouragement, even in my role at cable and wireless you know sometimes totally outside of of, of um out, outside of broadcasting you know alex bruno um 
has been there. And I just, yeah, just some, I've lost both my mother and my father. So, mm. you know, I'm technically an orphan, but there's so many women, older women who reach out to me and um, ensure that I'm okay. Um, they may not necessarily provide the type of mentorship that I need in mm -hmm. the workplace um, where media is concerned, but just people who reach out to me and show me so much love. Romalda Hyacinth, Natalie Simon, um, Irish James, you know, so many of them that just make sure that although my mother is gone, that I still have mother figures, mm -hmm. um, you know, who continue to care for me and look out for me. But most of my mentors where the workplace is concerned and James Dominic, I must mm. mention James Dominic because when I went into Cable and Wireless, James Dominic was my manager at the time. And there was so much James taught me where corporate communications was concerned to the smallest things like, you know, um, when we're having a media function, ensure that the GM is not wearing a colorful shirt, make sure that he's not wearing this tie. And, you know, <laughs> James Dominic was one of the persons who taught me so much. And I'm so grateful to all of these people. And some I may not have been able to mention, but so many of them have been there for me, have been encouraging me. And, you know, even... At the times when, you know, I've been probably a little down about something, you know, these are all people that I can call and have a conversation. You are listening to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. If you live in Canada, the U.S. and the U.K. and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. In mind that is that this is only a portion of the interview with Fadina Frampton and if you would like to enjoy the entire interview from the beginning to the end I think the entire interview was probably about an hour so again you've just been listening to the first 30, 35 minutes of the interview and for the entire interview you can jump on my website pushpast10.com p-u-s-h-p-a-s-t the number 10.com for the rest of the interview and while you're there you might as well enjoy any past episodes of the podcast of untapped potential epi any episodes you may have missed along the way because i have to tell you we have the most incredible guests who stop by to to share their experiences and their knowledge with us so certainly while you're on push past 10 you can check out our podcast past podcast for any episodes you may have missed along the way. So as we continue continue along here, I just want to take a moment to thank you for being here. Thank you for spending part of your uh, week with us this week as we continue along with the program. So as always, we have a little bit of inspiration for you before we wind down the program. So I know that you're always looking forward to being in inspired uh, during our time together. So I thought that I would bring you a little bit of inspiration. So take a listen to this particular uh, information from YouTube. And I have to tell you, YouTube is such a great resource for just finding 
inspirational information if you're not feeling your best, if you're feeling that you're just kind of dragging along because with everything that is going on, it is so easy to get caught up in just not feeling our best and always having to just dig a little bit deeper into who we are in order to just get the day, get the week going. So again, I'm always so grateful that we have this opportunity to stop by each week so we can get uh, powered up together. So I got this particular piece of information for you and I hope that you will enjoy it as we all learn to cope with stress, learn to cope with failure. So take a listen and stay tuned as we come back to Wind Down the Program. mind is free from mental or spiritual disturbance. The ability to maintain mental composure despite distraction is a powerful ability few possess. If you want more clarity, more control over your life, it is imperative you understand the seven laws of a peaceful mind. Number one, make peace with your past. If you don't make peace with your past, it will always follow you. The first and often most difficult step towards a peaceful mind is forgiving yourself for your past mistakes. Have you ever looked to the past and felt any kind of regret, shame, or guilt? That is proof your thinking has evolved. You are not the same person you once were. This also points to the fact that you need to let go of any negative feelings you have associated with your past. And that includes forgiving yourself. Because after all, you were doing the best at the time with everything you had at your disposal. Now you know better, so you can do better. Most people do not have the strength for such honesty. They will choose to live in denial, sometimes for their entire lives. You are powerful enough to face your mistakes. You are a new person with a new level of consciousness. You are ready to step into the next phase of your life with the power of a peaceful mind. Number two, stop worrying about what others think. Most people never take risk in their career or personal lives. They are too worried about what others may think of their actions. The pressure to fit in, be seen as a success and not be marked as a failure has destroyed more dreams than any circumstantial challenges ever could. It can be incredibly difficult to overcome this inborn societal reflex. The first step is to be aware of its existence. By becoming conscious of this phenomenon, every action you take in the face of judgment will strengthen your resolve. Challenge yourself. By putting yourself on display in difficult situations where failure is a real possibility. By worrying what others think of you, you become their prisoner. Number three, time can heal or time can pass. It's important to make time for our wounds to heal. Of course, it's what you do with this time that determines the outcome. Often we think, now that we have free time, we also need to distract ourselves from our problems. Whether that is a Netflix binge, overindulging in alcohol, or taking any other self-destructive pathway to cope with the pain, you are cheating yourself. The problem with these distractions is that they only mask the pain. You must allow yourself to actively sit with your problems a little while longer. 
People can spend years of their life in pain-denying phases without making any progress. Let the pain soak in so you can allow your mind to fully process and begin to heal itself. Number four, take responsibility for your happiness. Only after you take full responsibility for your life can you make positive change. People who blame other people or external circumstances for their shortcomings are not only wrong, they are giving their power away. The solution is to take full responsibility and create your life the way you want it. If you want success, put yourself in a position where that is possible. If you want a relationship, go where you must go to meet like-minded people. This will put you on a path towards your intended destination. However, if you don't control your focus, you will never arrive. Focus on the good and you'll be happy. Focus on the bad and you'll be miserable. Take ownership of your mind and the direction of your focus if you want a peaceful mind. Number five, comparison is a thief of peace. When we compare ourselves to others, be it in terms of financial success, looks, achievements, whatever it may be, we are committing an injustice against ourselves. Everyone is on their own journey. Look at how far you've come and honor yourself for your efforts. Sometimes when we feel low, we forget how strong we are. Think back to a time where you were terrified or thought you would never get through that day or experience. Realize you are still standing. On that day, you would have prayed to be where you are now. If you are not already happy in that realization, you have missed the lesson that difficulty was trying to teach. Number six, it's okay not to know the answers. It's okay to not know everything. One of the best kept secrets of successful people is that failing is actually the greatest source of self-growth on offer. It's always those that think they know all the answers that are the most ignorant. The most successful people in the world accept they don't know everything. However, they are committed to finding the answers. They are committed to a life of learning. Learn and continue to grow into the person required to achieve that success. Number seven, you don't have to solve all the problems in the world. The biggest gifts in the world are the simplest things. Always keep a smile on your face. Not because life is easy, but because it is worth it. Remind yourself what you are grateful for and remember what a miracle it is to be alive. There's much in the world that you cannot control and these things should not disrupt you. Seeing the beauty in the simple things and appreciating your blessings will ensure you always maintain a peaceful mind. Yes, so this particular piece was from uh, Strong Mind, Strong Life, and it is entitled The Seven Laws of a Peaceful Mind. So again, The Seven Laws of a Peaceful Mind from Strong Mind, Strong Life on YouTube. And I hope that you will take some of the information and you will be able to apply it directly to your life. So here we are at the end of another program. Again, don't forget the clip that you heard from Fadina Frampton is only the first half of the entire interview we did via Facebook Live. So if you're interested in listening to the entire interview, remember to jump on pushpast10.com for the entire interview. So again, P-U-S-H 
P-A-S-T, the number 10.com for the entire interview, as well as any of our past podcasts you may have missed along the way. So again, it is always a pleasure being with you to get powered up for another episode of Untapped Potential. We continue to grow our global village. And as a matter of fact, speaking about growing our uh, global village this week for our Facebook live interviews. We will be joined by Mrs. Ophelia Olivache Marie on Wednesday. As you know, she's the Cadascreal Queen and she is a singer, songwriter, and she's also doing tremendous work in the area of supporting the elderly in Dominica. So she is the president of the Council on Aging in Dominica and she's doing wonderful work along with some other folks such as Wadix Leroy Charles to support the elderly. And this month, as a matter of fact, is the month of the elderly. So they have an entire program where they're teaching the older folks in Dominica how to navigate social media, how to use WhatsApp, the importance of simply remaining connected during this time of so much isolation in the world. So again, she will be our guest on Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook live and you know it already that uh, once we've had the interview I will be sure to post it as a featured video uh, in the coming weeks so you can look forward to that uh, as well and also this week continuing to grow the global community we will have Mr. Daryl Tula out of Vienna, Austria. So he's he'll be joining us from Germany and he is the brother of Arnold Tula. I'm sure many of you know Arnold. He's an artist living out in St. Lucia and Daryl is his brother. So Daryl actually left Dominica when he was about 17 and traversed the entire Europe and African continent with performance, earning a scholarship to uh, pursue ballet, although he had no experience in ballet. So he will stop by and he will tell us the important work that he's doing in terms of using ballet and the performing arts to resolve conflict, to heal pain all over the world. So I'm looking forward to our two interviews this week. And in one way or the other, I will bring you these interviews. So certainly very excited about that, the work that we're doing via Untapped Potential, as well as via our Facebook Live programming. And speaking of videos, uh, of course, this week I will, we'll have a featured video on Push Past 10, and it will be the Roots Connection program we did last week with Dr. Trifi, uh, Carla Amor, as well as Cuthbert Joseph, as we talked about uh, coping and distressing during COVID-19, because so many of us are overwhelmed, frustrated, uh, depressed, over everything that is going on and how our lives have changed so dramatically over the last two years that I saw the need to have our experts stop by to tell us about the importance of just taking a break from everything that we are going through right now, whether it's through taking a nature walk, meditation, uh, maybe reading a book, 
just kind of removing ourselves from our situation. So I will have that posted on pushpast10.com as our featured video. So again, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking some time out of your day for Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. We will be back next week, same time, same place for another episode. And I am looking forward to spending the time with you as we get powered up for another week together. So don't forget, your life story is your strength. The challenges you've faced along the way have prepared you for the challenges that you face today. So tap into your potential each and every day. Don't forget to remain strong, stay positive, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay active so that we can remain strong for all these challenges that seem to be coming one after the other every day. So with that, I wish you a wonderful week and I will see you right back here next week at the same time for another episode of Untapped Potential. So you have yourself a wonderful